does it look like to co-labor, collaborate with, with the Lord? How many of you believe God's speaking all the time? Everybody raises their hand. Let's, let's do a little exercise here. I want to I try something. Um, so a little competitive fun, right? We're, I know we're uh, in Livingstone, but we kind of fun, right? Not okay? Okay, we are fun. Hey, y'all. Let's have some fun. Okay, I'm going to play an audio clip for us. And this is not the fastest. I'm a lot watching. Whose hands go up first? So here's your here's your participation part. We have to listen. Everybody's got two ears, right? We get to listen to this audio clip. The moment you recognize the voice, I want you to raise and hold your hand up and continue holding it up. Everybody understand the rules of the game? But don't say anything. This does not involve our mouth. Are we clear? Okay, so as soon as I play this clip, the moment you recognize this audio, I want you to raise your hand, okay? We all, get, we all good? Here we go. I see a couple more hands. Okay, now I know. All right, you can put your hands down. Whose voice is that? Morgan Freeman. Okay, if you didn't know, that's Morgan Freeman, the voice of God. <laughs> I hear him in airports. I hear him everywhere. Like... <laughs> God, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> He's talking about some technology platform. I didn't know that's what he did. Okay, humor aside, why do you know that's Morgan Freeman? Okay, you're going to have to... You've heard his voice. Where have you heard his voice? Okay, but you didn't, you didn't just listen to a movie. You watched, and it's distinctive. Okay, so... Your ears recognize it. But the first time you heard Morgan Freeman say something, did you know it was Morgan Freeman? No. So how did we associate Morgan Freeman's tone and timbre and distinctive voice with Morgan Freeman? Experience. We saw him maybe on a TV commercial or a movie. Okay. So we heard him. We saw him. But how do I know it's Morgan Freeman? What's at the end of a movie? Who was that actor again? Who was that lead actor, right? So we heard a voice. We saw a representation or a figure. And somebody put a name with that for us. You tracking? We all raised our hand and said, God's speaking. How do I know that's God? We have to calibrate our spiritual ears. And today, we're going to practice that. We're going to recalibrate our ears because we've seen some new things. We now have a sense of where our posture in our heart is, and we're going to recalibrate. I need to be recalibrated on a regular basis. So there's nobody above this. We can hear from God, and we can also co-labor with Him. But we have to be in the right heart posture to start that, right? So in three simple steps, right? Everybody wants three simple steps for everything, right? We live in a microwave society. <laughs> you can hear God's voice if you'll do these three things. And we're going to unpack these from Scripture. Silence the noise. Open your mind. Cautionary note here. Be careful what you open your mind to. 
And three, trust him to do what he said he would do. We're talking about the one true God, okay? So what does it mean to silence the noise? Okay, let's pretend like this is a TV remote. Everybody probably has a TV remote. Most people do anyway. I'm not condemning you if you don't. There's been seasons where we didn't have a TV, yes. What is the most used button on my TV remote? Mute. Power, mute. Some people say volume. Channel. Channel. Can we agree that mute is probably worn off on most people's remote? Now with TiVo and all these you know, streaming services, we don't have to deal with that. But for my generation, mute or my father saying, hey, go turn the volume down <laughs> before mute existed. <laughs> Just dated myself. I was the mute button for a minute. It's the most used button on our remote. What are we doing? We're silencing the noise. So this is an active process, right? Let's talk about a couple of scripture references here. Second Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There's the key. Take captive every it's thought. It's an active proposition, right? So it's really easy for me to silence the external noise. We were talking about this yesterday. I can silence external noise really quick. I can get in my car, turn everything off, and just be quiet. That's not what we're talking about here. That's step one, but active is taking the thought life captive too. This is, that, this is the channel button, right? Change the channel. If you're not on the right channel, then get there, right? I mean, that's part of that too. Mute and change the channel. Get there, focused in there with God. So for me, this takes a lot of active energy because I don't know about you, but I'm wired as a task-oriented person. So I've got a list running in my head right now. Right now. You're thinking, how could he do that? It's crazy, but I do. So it's an active process to stop thinking about my tasks and put myself in a posture of rest. We're coming back to this, right? My identity as a son, I am I have access to everything I need. And one of the ways, somebody asked me a really, really good question, like how do you get the thought life quiet? For me in this season, it's by entering into praise. I don't mean I start singing. I start praising and, and, and a heart of gratitude. Now that may not work for everyone, but there's a lot of people in scripture that I find that did that. When I enter into praise, the, the tasks go quiet. So we can silence the noise externally, but the challenge here is are we silencing the noise internally? And sometimes I also have to replace some of those thoughts that I've just taken captive by doing this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. What does he say? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That was my clue. Ah, I need to start with praise. Lord, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your spirit. I'm thankful for your son. I'm thankful. And quickly, what I need to get done today becomes quiet. So you can silence the noise. But only you can silence the noise. Two, let's open our mind. Who, 
who or what are we opening our minds to? Romans 12.2, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Metaneo, right? Repent. This, this idea of a renewed mind. We could use a couple of really important examples here. The one we consistently talk from. Hitler was an effective leader. He was a spiritual leader. He had means, he had opportunity, he had resources. He was a spiritual leader. But which spirit did he open himself up to? It was not the spirit of the living God. And we see the result, right? So be careful what you open your mind to. Ask God, I want to open my mind to you and you alone. Holy Spirit, will you transform my mind again today, right? Simple step. I went through a training this summer by a Navy SEAL. He said, I'm going to teach you some simple things, and they may break you. I didn't understand what he was saying. He didn't put me through hell week. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not signing up for that. Thank you if anybody has served. Like, your service is deeply appreciated. Thank you. Amen. We honor you. Yeah. But he was trying to teach me a really important principle, and that was simple things are not easy things. This is a simple thing. It will not be an easy thing, but you are equipped to do it. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, will you activate it? Will you silence the noise and will you open your mind? And I love this one too. Rejoice always. Pray continually. How many feel under, like, I'm never going to get that one continually? I know that's a challenge for me. Because I've been socialized to believe that I need to close my eyes, bow my head, and pray. You know, some of my best times of prayer are on a two-hour drive from Lubbock, Texas to Amarillo, Texas. That's an active conversation. And by God's grace, my eyes are open. I was, I was talking, having coffee with a friend a couple weeks ago. We were sitting in the middle of a coffee shop, and I said, let's just pray about that. And he immediately, his posture changed, and I appreciate that. And I was like, hey, you don't have to do that. We're just going to have a conversation here. This guy's been in church for, I don't know, probably 35 years. He looked at me, cocked his head sideways, and said, you can do that? I'm, I'm blown away by what we will allow ourselves to be socialized to believe. Now, I'm not saying your heart posture shouldn't be reverent. Hear me. Fear the Lord. That was one of the scriptures we just read in our last talk, right? There's reverence, but I can have a real active conversation. And I can do that in lots of ways. Give thanks in all circumstances. How many are going through a difficult circumstance right now? By the number of people that were up front asking for ministry last night, it's everybody in the room. Some of us are just willing to admit it out loud. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is God's will for you. How many of you pray for God's will? Well, we can just read about it. It's pretty straightforward. Do not quench. Do not what does that word quench mean? Shut off, put out. I love the representation of fire used in the last film. If I want to douse a fire, that's what I think of. 
if I want to put out the Holy Spirit's work in my life, His active, present work, well, guess what? I can do that pretty quick. I can also say, Lord, will you, will you begin that work again? So there's hope. Okay, trust Him to do what He said He would do. The book of John, chapter 16. There's quite a bit of this, but, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. So this is Jesus, right? Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Holy Spirit, our advocate, he's sending us away to communicate with him. This is that conversation Walter's talking about. We have the gift to do this at any time. If you are a born-again believer, you know, you've accepted Jesus in your life, then you have Holy Spirit in you, baptized in the Spirit, right, where he comes and able to speak through you and for you and and to you. Mm. And so there's more about there's so much more that I want to tell you but you can't bear it right now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You see the community happening here? We're a part of that community. And we have the opportunity to invite him to speak into every circumstance. So this pray continually is not just about when I'm in the car. It's before I walk into that meeting, and I know there's going to be some conflict that I face. Holy Spirit, will will you go before this? Will you bring shalom, the flourishing for this group that's about to get together? It might be our worship team that's about to discuss the set list for Sunday. It could be a group of painters about to decide how to paint that room in that house. It could be, well, where are you? That's what it could be. You asking, Holy Spirit, would you bring what you want into this environment right now? But I have to put myself in that posture, right? I get the opportunity. Not I have an obligation. I have an opportunity to put myself in that heart posture and invite the spirit of truth into that circumstance. I'm about to have coffee with a friend. Holy Spirit, would you orchestrate this? Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't know what to say. If you want me to ask a question, if you want me to be an encouragement, will you show me what I need to be right now? And, That's then, what... and then listen, right? So there's that part of questioning, asking, and then there's the listening, mm. the active part of it. Just wait a minute. Sometimes we have to take time, and then when you hear something... Is this for now or is this for later? Sometimes it's not for now. You have to be careful. Timing is really important in this. So that's another thing you can ask. Is this for right now? Hmm. Is this for me? Is this for someone else, right? Asking that when you're in that moment. But something we would challenge you to do, I think someone challenged us this summer about this, is taking five minutes a day, three times a day Hmm. to just do this. Like just simply close down, silence noise, open your mind, and just focus on God and ask him, what do you want me to see right now? What do you want me to do right now? What words do you have in my heart? And just, I mean, really put yourself in practice praying continually, but doing that physically three times a day, um, taking time to do that. And then asking, I mean, he's put things in your hands, right? Ask him, what do you want me to do with these things you've put in my hands? What am I supposed to do with this? Being in communication, collaboration with him in that. It's mm, good. We can all commit to five minutes three times a day, right? There's a card, I think, in your table. It's bright yellow. You can't miss it. So I like to laugh out loud for a minute and just say, 
This came from Pinterest, y'all. Like social media, there is a redemptive <laughs> quality to social media. Amen. It might be the only... Re- okay. <laughs> When we, when we hear God's voice, if we believe he's speaking all the time, we've raised our hands saying that's true, what does this voice sound like? And what does it not sound like? I invite you to take this with you for a minute. When you're in that five-minute moment and you're silencing the noise, asking Holy Spirit to transform your mind and then trusting him to actually speak into that moment, this might be a little handy little reference. It is for me occasionally. What am I hearing? So good. It's because God's voice is always calming. Not obsessing. His voice comforts. Not worries. He convicts you and tr- challenges you to do something. But he's not condemning. He's going to encourage. But he's not going to discourage. When you feel something on the right side, when you hear something that sounds like something on the right side, here's where we get a chance to take a thought captive. That's Because that thought did not come from your father. That's right. That is not Holy Spirit. And we have to calibrate our ears. I not only need to hear Morgan Freeman, I need to see Morgan Freeman, and I need to know that that is M-O-R-G-A-N, Morgan Freeman. So I need to know God's voice in three different natural attributes. We're talking about in the spirit realm, yes, but if I'm hearing things on this right side, if I'm hearing confusion... He's not the author of confusion. We know that's the enemy. Mm-mm. He's going to enlighten, lead, reassure, and bring peace. Always peace and stilling and calming. How many times do you face a decision and you feel frightened, you feel rushed, you feel frustrated, anxious? Chaos. We have to calibrate. Those are not from him. That's not from his voice. Mm-mm. And the enemy's always at work, right? This Navy SEAL said, head on a swivel. We're at war. Mm -hmm. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're at war every single day. We fight not against flesh and blood. When you're having an argument with your spouse, (laughs) it looks like flesh and blood, right? Yeah, right. But as believers, I know that that is not a war in the flesh. That is a war going on inside me. I've moved into chair two. Right. And then what do you do? I mean, it's easy sometimes to see it, well, after sometimes, right? But how do you start catching it during? Mm. Know that and say, hey, I mean, we even have code, we just even have a look sometimes or a code word now. <laughs> I get the look. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, okay, we're not going there. We're, we're going to stop yep. right now. We're, gonna we're take not going to say captive. another word because word curses are, are dangerous. Words bring life or death. That's right. So we have to choose our words so carefully. And in those moments, you have to stop that is what we pray Holy Spirit does, is give us that conviction to stop right there in those moments. Yeah. Don't allow the enemy to have a stronghold in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, any relationship, right? Catching that is the most important part. And then just in your daily life, too, for sure. Mm. This happens in dreams, visions. How do you hear from God, right? You hear mm. from all these different ways. In a dream, if there's chaotic and confusion and, and anger and killing and death and, and darkness... That's not from your father, right? That's That's a soul dream. Exactly. There's a difference between soul dreams and spirit dreams. God sends dreams to you that are going to encourage, enlighten. They're going to be strange sometimes. They're going to be symbolic. They're not going to just be, you know, exact accounts of something. But you need to be careful of being attuned to that and say, oh, I just heard from God in a dream that I'm supposed to, you know, I don't know, do something. 
Seek wise counsel. That's one thing we've learned. Madonna is in a season where God's talking through dreams, sometimes two and three a night. Y'all, I've never experienced that in our marriage of 27 years. And my role to support her was to start to capture them. Right. She would start talking about them, and I'm right. trying to get awake and turn the voice recorder on so that we can understand and go back and understand, Lord, what did you say in this? And we had to decipher things. Right. We had to learn that there are things called soul dreams, and there are dreams from the Spirit. And so we're practicing daily. Right. We're practicing calibrating our ears. Yeah. Of course, yeah. God speaks through his word. If you want to know what he's saying, you can open his word and ask him to illuminate things from his word for you today, wherever you're going. But he's also going to put some thought impressions inside of you too. I'll never forget my, my first year at Beatonbow. I'm uh, driving from Lubbock to Amarillo. I'm working in the technology team. I'm not, I'm not a senior leader. I'm about to go help build one of our new offices. And on the drive... I'm driving a company truck, and out my front windshield, I see a, the face of a friend who we knew from 20 years living in, in the Seattle, Washington area. He's now living in California, and I'm in Lubbock, and I see his face right outside my windshield. That's a little weird. I immediately call Madon. Hey, uh, I just, something strange just happened. I just saw Travis's face out my windshield. She's like, Travis Matthews? I said, yeah, why? She said, do you know what's going on in his life? I was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out why I'm seeing his face in the windshield. <laughs> but I had just talked to his wife the day before, and so I knew what was going on, and I said, you need to call him. And, you know, that's a little awkward. I haven't talked to this guy for like six months. Yes, we're friends, and we can pick up right where we left off, but, dude, I just saw your face out my windshield. Like... <laughs> But are we willing to risk being right? We're fearful of being wrong. And fear is not from the Lord. But are you willing to risk being right in following a thought impression or a prompting? Because discernment mostly comes down to promptings. And then obedience. And did you obey? So I called him. And I had no idea what I was about to hear for the next 45 minutes. Within 24 hours, I was on a plane in San Diego. The, the what doesn't matter. But it's will just will we be willing to pay attention to how God might be speaking in this season? And it may take you places that are uncomfortable for you. Guess what? I don't care. And neither does the Holy Spirit. But that's where growth happens though, right, y'all? That's that stretching that he talks about, that he's growing us in those moments. We love you enough to say, if you won't pay attention to those promptings, you're actually calibrating your ears not to hear him. There you go. We're putting the fire out. So, fair warning, if you hear something, it's okay to call somebody that you trust, godly counsel. Hey, this is what I think I just experienced. Would you pray with me about that? Would you help confirm that? That's also a, an appropriate way to hear from the Lord by calling people that you know and trust are in tune with Holy Spirit. And sometimes God sends those things and those people to you without you asking, right? You've had that happen probably. There's confirmations of what his word is. You'll hear it one place, you'll hear it another place, you hear it another. I heard a, a, a preacher this summer talk about that saying, she said, you know, an airplane doesn't just land on a runway without any lights guiding it at night. 
An airplane is going to look on that runway strip and is going to see not only just one light either, that's dangerous. But a whole row of them. One, two, three. There's going to be more than one confirmation probably if God's asking you to do something. He's probably going to say it to you more than once. One, because we're stubborn, right? I mean, that's true for me anyway. And so he is. He's going to come. But he also wants you to know that mm -hmm. it's his voice and it's him. So he will send other confirmations in different ways. So he is speaking all the time. Are you listening? One of the challenges I face when I feel like God has stopped speaking, usually my chief reminding officer has to, has to ask me a question. Hey, what was the last thing you heard him say? And did you do it? Do you know that's grace and truth right there over time in a relationship? I needed to hear that because I probably haven't done that. And you know what? He's not going to give me a bunch of new instruction and a bunch of new revelation until I'm obedient with what he's entrusted to me. So what has he entrusted to you? What do you already know that you need to go do or say or let go of? And then also you've come to me and we've had to say this to each other. How's your quiet time? Hmm. How Where's are you your gonna, rhythm? Are you going to hear from the Father if you aren't taking time to hear from the Father? Yeah. So where's your rhythm? Are you, are you silencing the noise? Are you spending time with the king, right, as his daughter, as his son? Are you spending time with the king? Do you have time set aside for him to, to treasure his word, not just at church? I mean, that's wonderful. We want to hear from pastors. What are you hearing from God, though? What is he leading you to? Are you spending time with him? That relationship thing goes with people the same as it does with him, right? That grace plus truth over time. Time with him. Equals growth. Equals your growth and your relationship with him. And so we want to stop drinking milk. Yeah. Let's start eating some steak. That's on you. It's not on Ron and Andrew. That's on you. It's on each of us to hear from the Lord and then take action based on it. Yes, they're equipping us, and I love that. But it's on me to start looking for that same equipping and to build that into the relationships that I also have, that's disciple-making, right? I know that's a term that maybe we don't think of, or maybe we do think of in the marketplace. And maybe I don't own the business, but I'm there. And I say, if you're there, that's where God has called you. What are you doing to be obedient? Are you silencing the noise? Are you opening your mind to His Spirit? And are you trusting him to do what he said he would do through you. So we're going to activate this right now. This is a quiet exercise individual. We're going to take the next seven or so minutes. I want you to tear a piece of paper out of your folder or if you don't, grab a piece of paper, however you can get one. And at the top of that sheet of paper, I want you to write dear and your first name. Dear Walter, we're going to practice these three steps right now. So in whatever way that is appropriate for you, I need you to begin right now by silencing the noise. I need you, I invite you to open your mind to what the Spirit would be saying. And I invite you to actually put your faith to work right now and trust him to give you some words or a picture or a scripture reference 
to begin speaking into your ears, your spiritual ears. He wants to write a love letter to his son or daughter. That's you. So let's do that. Take a few minutes. I know some of you may still be hearing from your father and I want to let that continue. This is a sweet moment where we get to hear directly from the spirit of the living God. And I hope we've given you a couple of practical tools that can be in your tool belt as you put this into a regular rhythm in your life. Now, some of you may be a regular rhythm. Some of, it, some of you, you may have occasions where this, or seasons where this is a regular rhythm. I want to invite you to make this a regular rhythm. Maybe not every time is he going to write you a love letter. Maybe there's sometimes he's going to give some instruction. But if we stopped once in a while and said, Father, what do you want to say? Spirit, what do you want to say to us right now? What do you want to say to me? What I find is he has words for, for me. Sometimes he has words for one of my boys. Often he has a word that I need to take to somebody that I directly support in the workplace, a friend. Sometimes it's unexpectedly in a truck. Will we, be, will we risk being right? And by way of encouragement... You know, Holly Beatonbow says this all the time, and it's become something I really, it resonates deeply with me. Uh, when I broke my shoulder, collarbone that is, I didn't have a splint, I had a sling. But now I have a permanent splint. It's called titanium. So what's holding this collarbone together is about six screws in titanium. And you know, it's not providing healing it's coming alongside the healing that God's orchestrating. Does that, does that resonate with us? Like the bone will repair. It might take a year, but it will repair. But along the way, I need a splint. And I think I'm going to invite Madon to be a splint. Is there somebody who would love to share by way of encouragement for the room? Is there somebody who would like to share their letter? doesn't have to be more than one or two, but I just want to give space for the Spirit to work through us right now as encouragement in the body. So is there somebody who'd like to share? Okay. Madonna's going to join you. She'll hold a microphone for you. She'll be your splint <laughs> alongside you. All right. I don't know if this is a good idea, but... I think it's a beautiful idea. Dear Jamie, um, I know that you, you don't like speaking to your community because you feel like you're going back. I'm equipping you to do my work, to bring light to your people because they need me. They're hungry for me. Bring my kingdom to your speaking Spanish people as an act of obedience. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Jamie. It takes us getting into a posture of rest to actually hear. Now, 
comes the collaboration part, right? What will Jamie do with that? He's heard from his father, and not by way of condemnation or guilt, but what does action look like? What is the first step of taking that and, and making it real? You have a group, you have a room full of brothers and sisters who are cheering you on, my friend. That's right. We are your splint as you go. You have an army, a host of people for you. But the Holy Spirit's going before you. Amen. Would somebody else like to share real quick? Got one more over here. Here. Oh, we got 17. We also have lunch, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dear Kevin, quiet your heart while I quiet the noise. I've been watching you. By my spirit who I've placed in you, I'm transforming you into the image of my son. Jesus is my treasure, and I am jealous for him. Because I see all things completed, I am jealous for you because I see you transformed, completed into the image of my son. Please have me draw you into my son's restraining love. To be restrained by me is to be loved by me. Rest in me and know that I am God. Amen. So I say the same thing. Thank you for sharing. It's an encouragement to the body. And we get to be that one for another, an encouragement. But it doesn't stop with just hearing God's voice. Now we must do the next thing. The next thing. There we go. I love what Shay said in that film that we watched. Are you willing to tune into the conversation in heaven about what you do every day? That's an active process. What we just did is tune into heaven. The Lord's Prayer teaches us what the kingdom looks like. It's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So we're advancing it. But it's not going to advance itself. It's going to take us taking steps, right? So let's tune in to the conversation in heaven. This is where the co-laboring begins. Ask God how you would like to co-labor together. Today was about, hey, Lord, would you just, would you just talk to me? Would you, would you just remind me that I'm your son or daughter? A different conversation might be, God, what do you want co-laboring to look like on Monday? What does that look like? Do I have your commitment in this room to spend some time before you go back into the workplace on Monday or tomorrow, if tomorrow is your workplace, or this afternoon? Will you take five minutes and say, God, what does it look like to co-labor in this space again today? And then put his wisdom to work in every decision. There is no decision that is too small for God to, to speak into. It's easy to say yes to that, but do we really believe it? I, I've been on a health journey for about 18 months. 18 months ago, I found out I, my iron count was 12 times what it should have been. I didn't know that before then. I also didn't know I had skin cancer. There's a lot of things I didn't know. 
every decision that we get to make matters to the God who created us. There's nothing too small. So the decisions I make about what I put in this vessel, he cares about. He's not condemning me, but he's inviting me to steward this differently. That decision matters to him. The decision on how I dig the trench for the sewer line to my dad's apartment on our property matters to God. Some of you don't believe that yet. There's not a decision that he doesn't care about because he created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he wants to co-labor with you. He doesn't want to just talk to you. He wants to co-labor with you. He wants you to take the kingdom where you go. So I want to challenge you and invite you and call you up to that. I want to call you up to co-labor with him. Will you do that? Will you do that beginning before you go into the next work day or homeschool teacher day? Or whatever that day looks like for you, will you do that? Do I have your commitment? We ask that question all the time. The kingdom is an accountability-oriented culture. Don't be afraid of it. Loving someone is actually asking them, will you take action? So I believe Jamie will take action. Can I believe you'll take action on that? I believe there is steps that we can take. Will we do it? So Father, I say thank you for not only speaking all the time, but I thank you for calibrating our ears to hear your voice, to distinguish it between the voice of the world, the voice of the enemy, and your still small voice. So thank you for calibrating our spiritual ears. God, we commit to taking steps to co-labor with you in the middle of the marketplace. Not when it's convenient, but when you ask. Wherever you ask, here I am, send me. Jesus, we pray that. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your provision of the day. We thank you for lunch. God, we thank you for this place, and we thank you for this group of people. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.